0: program created for the Rio the Oil Company. Up on the police Cardinal an all-car, attention all cars, special attention all Los Angeles County Sheriff's Cards, ninety nine. 99, regarding two men wanted for robbery and murder. They're driving a Chrysler roadster, last two in the vicinity of the Canyon, heading north on the Roosevelt Highway. These men are armed, so watch yourself. That's all. Rio <laughs> Grande has thousands of free
1: gifts
0: ready for distribution to every boy and girl listening tonight. If you want a police pistol, a sergeant's bag, a police girl's identification ring, a fingerprint outfit, or some one of the many other free gifts, you need merely ask your Rio Grande cracked Gasoline dealer. He will show you how to get the complete junior police outfit free. For every adult listening tonight, Rio Grande has to give, but of a different kind. When you fill up with Rio Grande cracked Gasoline, you get extra speed, extra power, Extra energy to meet emergencies, extra fast starting, and all these extras are free. Because you pay no more for Rio Grande cracked gasoline with Petra ethyl, than for uncracked gasoline which lacks these extra features. Because of the patented cracking process used exclusively by Rio Grande, every drop of cracked gasoline is broken up into tiny atoms which burn evenly to give lightning like acceleration. In other gasolines, refined by fuel processes, is bound to be considerable waste from unburned fuel. Every drop of cracked gasoline turns into power. Nothing is wasted. And that's why it actually costs you less per mile to enjoy police car performance in your own car. You get more for your money when you buy real, Grande cracks. A gasoline that powers more police cars and emergency equipment than any other brand. It is now our great pleasure to present Captain Arthur Jewel, undersheriff of Los Angeles County. Captain Jewel. Good evening. There are a misconceptions regarding law enforcement actions. The public seems to persist in giving the lawbreakers the break. At least as far as sympathy goes. This government's point of, fundamental point of view is racist, for so the modern law enforcement officers treat the suspect with much, much consideration as you teach the man with whom you are conducting business. The Today, the third degree is high. The officers are in a business. Our business is to get facts. We are trained to get these facts, so and we do not have to break any heads to do so. A guilty conscience is our greatest assistance. We know how to trust these suspect to a degree that sooner or later they confess their own volition. The a record of Captain Bright's homicide squad of ninety-eight percent solved cases during the fifteen years of squad's existence would prove the efficacy of this system. Once we have amassed nice our facts regarding a case, we turn them over to the district attorney. At that point, our responsibility ends, excepting our appearance as witnesses. It's up to the court to pass judgment. We work just as hard to prove innocent as we do to prove guilty. A miscarriage of justice is a serious thing. So, stripped of a drama, you have your chief officer's job. And the story about to hear you will learn how effectively Captain Bright and the homicide squad accomplished that job. It is three o'clock on a crisp November morning in 1929. A cold brilliant moon casts deep shadows in the depths of the Canyon. Throws a clear white light on the small 16 highway leading to Malibu Beach and the Pacific Ocean. Four men, out for a day's duck hunting and their destination before dawn, feed between the towering canyon walls. Well, I hope I have better luck than I last week. Boy, I just couldn't hear the doctor, but he tied the end of a gun. If there's any truth in the stories they tell about this spot we're headed for, there'll be plenty of ducks for all of us. Well, I hope so. I'm getting tired of traveling all night to a duck blind, and missing them all and ending up in a restaurant for my duck dinner. Hey, slow down a minute, Ben. Let's see what this sign says. Oxnard, forty-one miles. Uh, that's the place we it, Jack? Yeah, just as exact, Oxnard. The order to make it just about right. Hey, what's the matter with that crazy fool coming towards us? Oh, look, he's turning right in the middle of the highway. Of all the fools things to do. Now look, he stopped right in the middle of the road. Something's wrong with him, Ben. He's getting out of the
1: car. What's oh, He's got my He's got my hey, Come on. They shot me too. for the
0: love of heaven, somebody help me. All right, all right, old man, take it easy. We'll help you. Where's your wife? Yeah. In the car. They shot her. They shot me too. I tried to stop them, but they shot her and it then the me. Jack, get him in the back of our car and no, I'll take a look at his wife. Hey, come on maybe. Uh, We'll take you to Santa Monica to the hospital. They'll pick you up, all right. Oh, no. It's a steal. They shot her. One of their names is Wood. Don't forget that name, Wood. Okay, we won't Where are you hit? On oh, my shoulder. But it's all right. No need to work. You know what's working over here? Shoulder, huh? Let me take a look. Hmm, bleeding a little. We better get in back to our car here and take it easy so we can get to the medical
1: system.
0: Yeah, we'll wiggle in a minute. All right, old man, come on. Uh, that's it. There. Now, you sit tight, and I'll be right back. You drive your car, Ben. Jack and I'll take this one and the girl. All right. In the looks of things, we would better hurry or we'll need a coroner instead of a doctor. Arriving at Santa Monica, the two cars pull up to a stop in front of Martin's hospital where the girl was discovered to have died and route. Without informing the wounded husband of his wife's death, the attendant fled into the operating room and removed a 25 caliber smoke from his left arm thought a while later in the small hospital room, Deputy Shalop Walter Hunter, section the young man. You're a pretty lucky young fellow. I slug Mister your lung by a fraction of an inch. Yeah. Uh, I'm lucky, huh? Eh? Lucille gets shot, and I get shot, and you say I'm lucky. I'd like to ask you some questions. if you feel up to it? Oh, go ahead. I'm looking to help find those pretty right? What's your full name? John D. Bolton. And your wife? Lucille Smith Bolton. Suppose you tell me all you can about what happened this morning. Well... Last night I decided it'd be nice to take a drive along the ocean. The see, viewers seemed to like the idea, so we started out and drove up the coastways and then we turned around and started back. That was early this morning? Yeah. Well, anyway, we came back by way of Roosevelt Highway and after we've been driving a while we noticed a chance launcher at behind us. What was it doing? Well, it wasn't exactly doing anything, but it passed us once and then let us pass it and it made us both kind of nervous. Now, what happened next? Well, we were still just driving along, and all of a sudden, this Chrysler comes up below his side and hands us off to the side. I told you to feel that it was probably a hold-up. What like did it. the other car do? It pulled up right in front of my car, and two men got out. Did you see them well? Sure, the lights from my car were right on them. Well, uh, there were two yeah. of them. One a tall, slim fellow and the other was a short kind of a stinky guy. This was a Mexican. Well, the tall one came over to the side I was sitting on and said he was the right side. Who oh, was uh, driving your car? That's my wife. We changed back the road there wife, All right. Play right. the story. Well, this tall guy asked me for my money, and I got out my wallet and gave it to him. He <laughs> took the money in it, 26 bucks, and then he threw the wallet back in my lap. I told him I had some small change in my pocket, and he said he didn't want it. So I didn't... And uh, what happened then? Oh, that's where the trouble started. Just they were about to leave, my wife said to the tall guy, Isn't your name Woods?" And at that, the Mexican said, You better get them. Plug them. And the tall fellow pulled the trigger on his gun and shut Lucille. What did you do? Oh, I don't know exactly. I was scared that I think I asked him please not to shoot me more, and then this tall guy reached in and shot Lucille again. I tried to grab his arm and let me have it in the shoulder. He had to lean all the way across you to shoot the last shot at your wife, didn't he? Yes. Couldn't you have grabbed the gun and kept him from doing it? Oh, I suppose so. But I tell you, I was so frightened I didn't know what it was doing. And when I did try to get his arm, he shot me. What did they get his arm, he shot me? What did they get his arm, he shot me? Army�� what, they <laughs> what do they do is the devil's army's is like so, what is the devil's army is what is the devil's column what is the devil's army is what is the devil's column what is the devil's column what is the devil's army's is what is the devil's army what is the devil's army's is what is the devil's column is what is the devil's column what is the devil's army's government? what is the devil's army is what is the devil's army's what is the army what, the what, the what, the what, the what if is, what do do is what the Jewish army shot me? What is the Jews army oh, the say, What, mm. what, b- what hmm. is no. the Jewish army shot me? What is the Jews army shot me? What is the Jews army shot me? What is the Jews army me? What is the Jewish army me? What is the Jews army me? What is the Jews army shoveling? What is the What is the Jewish army shot me? What did they do after that? They ran and jumped in their cars after that. They ran and jumped in their cars after that. They ran and jumped in their cars after that. They ran and jumped in their after that. They ran and jumped in their cars after that. They ran and jumped in their cars after that. They ran and jumped in their cars after that. They ran and jumped in their cars after that. They ran and jumped in their They ran and jumped in their cars and started off towards Ventura. What did you do after they left? They pushed the seal over the right side of the street and got in the driver's seat and. I towards Santa Monica. You were able to drive all right? Well, yeah. I heard a lot to steer, and I had a hard time getting the car started, but I managed to keep it on the road. Three or four cars passed me, and I yelled at each one and tried to attract their attention by bringing them my life, but well, when they heard me yelling, they just drove by. I they were afraid of a stick-up. Well, anyway, finally I stopped, and you know the rest. I haven't I seen you before somewhere? Well, I don't know you. You might have, I suppose. Tell me. To carry a gun? No. Are you a licensed carry? A gun? No. That's funny. I would swear that I've seen you up at the sheriff's office trying to get a permit to carry a gun. Well, you haven't. I've never had a gun. Go in and ask Lucille. She knows I haven't got a gun. She knows who this fellow Woods is too. She can tell you all about it. You know anyone by that name? No, but Lucille might have met him at the dance hall. She teaches dancing. Now one more thing, Mister Bolton. If this man who's got your wife leaned I way into the car, there might be fingerprints somewhere. It might not there? Nice. Yeah, he is on the door of the car, I guess. He, he had his left hand on it. That's fine. He might be of great assistance finding out who the man is. No, no. Well, wait a minute. I'm going of it. He wore a gloves. Now there wouldn't be any prints. He wore gloves. You're certain of that? Sure, I'm certain. Why don't you ask him to see him in the next room there? She'd probably tell you who the guy is. He's probably some tramp friend of hers. Oh. Seeking Bolton, who does not yet know his wife is dead, and Debbie the De Hunter returns to the Santa Monica Police Station where he finds Captain Brighton, head of the Los Angeles Shell's homicide detail, waiting for his report. Together, the men drive to the morgue where they inspect the body of the two Lucille Bolton. They discover that two bullets have penetrated her head, one on the level with her right ear and one about an inch below it. The index finger of her right hand is powder burnt, indicating that one of the bullets was fired at close range. Returning to the garage, Brighton hunted to begin a thorough search of the murder car. According to Bolton, he was sitting over here on the right side and his wife was driving. That would mean that whoever shot her the second time would have to lean all the way across Bolton to do it. The powder burns we found on old screen ago, so that the last shot was fired from the guns directly against her head. That's what it looked like to me. Funny that Bolton didn't do something about it. Because he was too scared to move. Well, so sure sure that, mother. I want to take a look at this seat. Let's see. He was sitting there, and the shots went into his left shoulder. That's right. And he was sitting over there, under the wheel. Say, remember, take a look at these bloodstains on the seat here. Yeah. How about. Um, you notice that there's only a few little drops over on the driver's side? And here, where he was supposed to be sitting, the a regular pool. Yeah. It strikes me that there should, by all rights, be a lot more blood on her side than where he was sitting. Hey, that's right. And he was more. You see where this stain is on this side? Now, if Bolton was sitting on the right side here, and he was shot in his left shoulder, the stain should be on his left side on the seat. Check. Check. But if you'll notice, you'll see that they are right here on the edge and running down the side of the door. And the stands on the driver's side are closer to the door, too. Now, supposing we reverse the position. Both in driving, right sitting on the right side here. Now, someone pumps a couple of plugs into her head. The first one, she throws her hand up to her face, her right hand. The second plug is right through the index finger and into her head. The only place for any blood to go is down the right side and onto the seat and door. All right so far? It certainly looks like it. All right, Bolden. Over on that side gets a slug on his left shoulder. And where does the blood go? Down the left side of the seat and onto the running board. Which leaves us with only one conclusion. This is murder, all right, but not for robbery. John Bolton murdered his own wife. As a result of Captain Bryce's discovery, Bolton is taken to the Los Angeles County Jail and lodged in Hospital Ward 110. Meanwhile, Captain Bryce and company with Hunter and three other deputies drive out to the supposed scene of the shooting. Looked for any clues that might be there. Returned to Los Angeles empty-handed. Upon the return, to find Seventy's Hunter and Hall, the task was searching Bolton's apartment, instructing them to pick up every article of clothing, all letters, everything that might prove to be important. What kind of a bullet they take out of Bolton's arms? Twenty-five of slugs. Uh-huh. Oh, here's another one in the sink. And then Bolton told me he'd never own a gun. Uh-oh. Here's just the box I'm looking for. I'll put a dollar to a dime this tea. I've got to open this tin box. Yeah, let me try it. Hey. You're right. Mm-hmm. Let's see now. Here's a couple of farm tickets. Some cash. That looks like a couple of insurance policies. Mm-hmm. Let's see. I made out to Lucille Smith Bolton. One for 5000 and one for 10000 That's quite a bit of insurance for a guy to carry on his wife. He says... I think we better take this stuff into Captain Bright and see what he says about it. I have a feeling that this insurance is going to throw a lot of light on this thing. It might even be a little thing like the
1: motive.
0: (laughs) Meanwhile, the mother of the murdered girl pours out an amazing story to Captain Bright. You never actually saw him with a gun. No, but I saw the balls of it in his pocket. And one time he put his hand in his pocket when he was threatening me. He threatened you as well as your daughter? He certainly did. He said he was going to shoot both of us. Are you certain of those words? Absolutely. How could I ever forget them? It isn't certain to have someone stand in front of you and tell you he's going to kill you sometimes. Of course not. I can assure you it isn't. My main object in these questions is to ascertain that John Bolton actually had a gun and threatened ready to use it. Well, I didn't swear to that, Captain. I'm certain that he's caught my daughter. And I want you to see that he pays for it. Oh, no, don't worry about that. I have no doubt at all that he'll pay for it, and pay for it with his neck. Oh. ring of numerous witnesses rings always the same answer. Bolton has been seen with a gun, one that fits the description of a murder gun, but Bolton himself refuses to change his story of the shooting. Calmly, he faces the sheeted of questions. Always, he says the same thing that if Lucille were alive, she would verify his statement. From mm. mm. well, I an mean, intimate, it is. they learn. Yeah, I see you, these pumps he was always talking about what a heel she was and how he we was going to get rid of her pretty soon. When did you last see Bolton? Wednesday night. That would be the night of the shooting? Yeah, that's right. Did you say anything unusual that night? Well, he asked me a couple of times if I'd like to make a hundred bucks. And what did you say to that? Naturally, I told him it'd be okay with me. It would be on the level. Yeah. Did he outline anything that you would have do for the money? Yeah. He said maybe he would give me some dogs. I should drive a car down to the seat room and leave it for a while and then go back and bring it back to town. What did he want you to do that for? I don't know. I figured it was in the liquor racket, though, and that he probably wanted me to take the dirty work. Did he say you're good? Not exactly. I never got around to that. But uh, once in the and he ups and to me, what would you do for $10,000. I told him I thought he was nuts, and asked him what he meant, but he wouldn't say no more. Did he always ride his own car? No, he had a guy chockering for him. You know his name? No, but I think it was Eddie something. I figured it might be Eddie Woods when I read about it in the paper. Do you know an Eddie Woods? No, like I told you. I just sort of figured that this guy driving for Johnny might be the fellow he was trying to finish shooting on. John's just kind of a story. All right, I've got to go Keep in touch with me. I'll uh, let you know I don't want anything more from you. Okay, coach. And I hope you hang the lousy slump. Holden, you told us the other day that you didn't know anyone by the name of Wood. Is i right? Sure, that's right. But as a matter of fact, the man you had driving for you was named Wood, isn't he? He is not. What is his name? Johnson. Ed Johnson. are absolutely sure that his name isn't Wood? Eddie Wood? Of course, I'm sure. You know, Bolton, things are going to be plenty tough for you if you don't tell us the truth. We don't have to make you, fellas. And when you get in court and face some of the people who are going to testify against you, it's going to be hard for you to think up the right answer. Now, I suppose you have plenty of people who'd like to see me go up for this, but they can't prove anything. We can prove that you owned the gun and showed it to several people at different times. Oh, I had a gun for a while. Told me different the last time I had it. Yeah. It was an old stick shooter. It wasn't a good gun. You never owned a twenty five automatic? No. You ever fired one? Well, I suppose I have fired one. What do you mean you suppose you fired one? Well, just that. I don't remember. Did you ever have a chance and have a twenty five caliber bullet in your finger? No. You never fired a twenty five bullet and saved the slug? No, didn't I just tell you that I didn't have an automatic? You told me that you never had a gun a little while ago. You know what an automatic of this type looks like? What that? The kind that kills your wife. I don't know what kind of will be here. Did you see it when the man leaned across to shoot her? No, I couldn't see it. Well, then I'm going to tell you a few of the things that we know about you that you don't think we do. In the first place, you threatened to kill your wife several times. I you. did not, well, have I Just a minute, Paulson. I'll do the talking for a minute. You just listen. All right. Go ahead. We also know that you were in possession of an automatic that collars with a type of gun that killed your wife and wounded you. Thirdly, you have a man who will tell the court how you offered him $100 to drive your car down to the beach and leave it for a while, and then bring it back to town. Well, who's that? Never mind who it is. He's all set to testify if we need him. Well, uh, I don't see how that proves anything anyway. That's all right with us, Bulldoin. You also know that you asked this same man what he'd do for $10,000. What do you mean by that? I don't remember ever having said that. You had your wife and for about that much, didn't you? And I said yes. Yet you didn't drive uh, around to the beach that night and shoot her first, and yourself, so to be able to collect his insurance and also get rid of her? No, I did not. You didn't say that by telling us about a man named Wood, you might get the wrong person for the crime? No. Where'd you get the car you were driving that night? From a friend of mine. Did you rent it? No, a friend of mine asked me to drive it. I wanted to sell it to him. But you were in the habit of renting cars, weren't you? Well, yes, I suppose so. In fact, you rented a different one almost every night. Yes. What was your idea in doing that? I was trying to impress people that I had lots of bread. If you haven't, oh, I've got enough. Enough for what? Enough to live on without having to worry too much. Enough to live on without the money from your wife's story? Yes, of course. And you still in that you were held up and that your wife was shot by the man who robbed Yes, because that's the truth. All right. I guess there's no use in asking anything more. All I can say is this. It's going to be quite a tough strap when you get into court. All right. Take it back to yourself, Sergeant. Well, John Bolton protests, denies his guilt, and shams his ground. Stubbornly refusing to change his story, said Foster claiming that his friends are framing him. Finally, on December 19th, just 40 days after the shooting of Lucille Bolton, John Bolton goes on trial witness has a direct bearing on this chief council? He has, Your Honor. Very well, you to call him. Mr. DeVert, will you stop over here, please? I'm sure. do you do? You found this of testimony about to give in this card suit Also hold those very good to prove every job. You sure I do? Mr. DeVert, I'm going to ask you a few questions. Mm. I want you to think very carefully before you answer them. You well, where aware, are you not, that the life of a fellow man may rest upon what you say here this afternoon? Yes, sir. All right. Now, you know a man by the name of John Bolton? Sure, I know. And how long do you know him? Well, I know him about the... about the six a oh, month. I see. You knew his wife, Lucille, too? Oh, right? yes, but I do, sure. Now, Mr. Givert, did you ever see this John Bolton with a gun? With a gun? Sure. Suppose you tell the court just what the circumstances were at that time. you mean I should tell everything, huh? Yes, everything that happened at the time when you saw the gun. Yes, well, uh, well it's Johnny and me at the moment, Mr. Gilberto. Yes. By Johnny, I presume you mean John Bolton. That's right, Johnny Bolton, yes. yes. You go right ahead with your story. Well, uh, not at the lowest door. it's Johnny and a Lucille. That uh, that is the lady, what if she's a dead I'd like. Well, we go to a dance in the little wood. On the way out in the car, Johnny, he was calling whatever every kind of a name, you know. He was telling her she was a bomb and a tramp and everything like that. And they fight all the way out. And when we get to this place, he we went in and I danced with see. Him. And while we danced, she told me she was afraid of Johnny. That he had told her that he was going to fix her. Just a moment. When she says fix her, I mean by that, were those the exact words. Well, I think if you say, you say he was going to shoot her, Johnny told me or uh, told his wife uh, he was going to shoot her. All right, sir. Now, is that all that happened at the dam? No, sir. There was a big fight to do. Right. Well, tell us about that. Well, you see, it was like this. You see, the Johnny, who was dancing with some girls, and the big red-headed follow, he asked for to see him the dance with him too. So she did. Well, Johnny here to get the man. And while he see them the dancing together, he stopped and he walked over and he pointed to this red-headed guy right in the face, mm, just like that. Sure, so got bang, just like that. See? Well. He starts fighting everyone in the place, all over the place. And all of a sudden, Johnny, he's to pull out the gun from his pocket. And look, was always going to shoot the shot everybody. No, is. Is. And what did you do then? Well, not the fellow and me, we grabbed him and we throw him down on the floor and I grabbed the gun. Then we dragged Johnny out of the outside and we put him in the car and we take him home. You say you took the gun from uh, what did you do with it? Well, I uh, well, I keep it for a day, and then uh, Johnny asked me for it, so I give it to him, You see, but I took it a bullet out of it and a cap Now, what kind of a gun was it, Mr. Deverter? Well, it was, uh, it was kind of a, it was a, a baby, like a coat, you know. A coat, yes. a coat, yeah. A coat, yeah. You're you're sure of that? Yes, a coat, Yes, uh, 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 twenty-five automatic Colt. Uh, Thanks, Mr. Deverter There's one more thing I want to ask you relating to the conversation you mm-hmm. had with Lucia. Did you ever hear Bolton say anything about killing her? Sure I did. He said he couldn't escape at the night, and that if he didn't do something about the Lucille pretty soon, he was going to go crazy. I told him he shouldn't keep a gun around because he was allowed to lose his head for some time, and he told me to mind my own business. And if he wanted to shoot her, it was up to him, and for me to keep her my mouth shut. I see. Now you say he kept his gun around the house? Sure, all of the time. He it in his pocket, and when he changed his fence, he changed the gun from one set of fence to another. That was the same gun that you took away from him on the evening of the fight? Yes, sir. A Colt 25 automatic. Thank you, Mr. Giverter. I think that's all. All's so examined. Mr. Giverter, are you an expert of firearms? Yes. No, sir. I am not. Yet you can positively identify this gun here as the same type which you saw John Bolton carry? Sure, certainly. Now, doesn't it strike you that that's an awfully definite accusation you're making? I was asked if I could tell you what the kind of a gun it was, and I did. What's come out, huh? Oh, very well, Mister Libera. You may go. Thank you, Judge. I Honor, my brief is complete. I have no further witnesses to call. Is the defense counsel anything more before counsel for the state begins his summation of the jury? We rest our case, Your Honor. To find you guilty of murder in the second degree i cannot sentence you to die for your crime but i can give you to you the maximum sentence prescribed by law and that i will give you i sentence you to spend the rest of your natural life in ten quentin penitentiary Aside detail of the sheriff's office, runs to the same man who thought he or she could break the law and get away with it. John Bentley was convinced that he was a perfect crime. It would never be suspected, as you see by tonight's story. That only was suspected, but he received life imprisonment for his trouble. This department, our methods of dealing with suspects are now the fiction story type. We do not use third degrees. Settling or promises the improvement of a long period of time has given enough rope, a guilty man will hang himself. That is exactly what we do. Let the man talk as long as he wants to, and then, by repeating, that him the same question, break his story. If a suspect is lying, he shouldn't find that the hundreds or so questions he answers one day today are pretty hard to remember the next day. He tells the truth. That fact is strictly apparent. Thank you, Dr. Ladies and gentlemen, every day you hear the shriek of police sirens. You see police cars and sirens carrying past you at top speed to rescue someone from danger. To meet so many emergencies every day, to meet so many emergencies every day requires an unusual gasoline. Ordinary gasoline will sputter and balk and fail when you cramp the throttle to the floor. Out of all the gasolines on this market, Rio Grande Crash has been chosen to power more police cars and emergency engines than any other gasoline. When you drive into the Rio Grande service station to get your free copy of the Calling All Cars News, and to select a free gift for your boy or girl, fill your tank with the same crashed gasoline police cars use, so you can meet your own daily driving emergencies with police car pickup. Los Angeles Police car all cars, sent in all Los Angeles County Sheriff's cars, cancellation broadcast 99. John Bolton, found guilty of murdering his wife, is now in San Quentin. That's all. Rolls and clicks. The United States Army and Navy have placed their motor oil contract with Sinclair for the same Sinclair motor oil your Rio Grande dealer sells in tamper proof, oversized cans for only 25 cents a quart. Edward Lindsay, your narrator, giving you good night for the Rio Grande Oil Company.